0: I'm sorry. Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. And joining me, I have Brenna Calvert. Brenna, welcome back.
1: Yeah, I know. It's been a while.
0: (laughs) Before we get into today's episode, and welcoming Brenna back because she's been absent for way too long. A quick word from our sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by sponsors of the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro team. We've had a lot of great sponsors that have been supporting us throughout the entire year. So we're going to give each of the companies a quick shout out. And then I'm sure we'll come up in conversation throughout the episode. So some of the companies that have supported us during this year were Atomic Climbing Holds, Dry Robe, J-Run Fitness, Juice Performer, Marina Sport, Harbinger Fitness, Compex, Ufos, Mudgear, Rock Tape, and Rec Bag. And if you're familiar with OCR, a lot of those companies you see appearing frequently in the OCR community which is a sign of, like, that's a company you should support because they're the type of people that are putting back into the sport. So kind of this reoccurring cycle of helping out the people that help us. So, yeah. Brent, any any words for them?
1: Um, love them all. I That was quite an impressive lineup we have. And like you said, they're all pretty active in the sport. So I'm very thankful that they've been supporting us for this season and a few more.
0: Yeah, the one of the ones that's kind of newer to OCR is UFOS the uh, recovery sandals, which are like the softest shoes in the world. So this episode is going to be coming out shortly after World's Toughest Mudder, so you can guarantee I will be rocking those pretty much all the time in the week after the race.
1: (laughs) Goodness gracious. But those are amazing, I agree.
0: Yeah. So before – we want to talk about Conquer the Gauntlet kind of this past year during this episode and also what Conquer the Gauntlet has coming up for 2019 – But also, since Brenna's been missing for I don't know how many months, I can't remember. uh, Just want to catch up with her and some of the the things she's been having going on in her season. So, Brenna, uh, where have you been? What's been going on?
1: Oh, man, where have I been? That's a loaded question as usual. Um, Yes, definitely have missed this, but I. Quick recap, I moved from Kansas to Tulsa, Oklahoma, home base of Conquer the Gauntlet. So I've joined with Bryce and Randy now being Oklahoma residents. Um, just, it was time. I needed to get out of Kansas. So here I am and close to Conquer Fitness Gym and the whole CTG family, which is awesome. So that was a big step and move that I did in August, I think. Um, yeah, I actually made it here the weekend of Conquer the Gauntlet Tulsa event. So, um, Along with that, I've been traveling every weekend still on BUILD, I think since the last time I talked here maybe. I was a month in Vermont for North American Championships. Um, I am full-time employee with Conquer Youth, so I am a race director for Conquer Youth and finishing out this season, have been helping with the builds. but next year will be race director for select events. Um, so I've been traveling to Conquer Youth events, OKC. Uh, that happened a couple months ago, and then I also was in London for a week for world championships, um, working, racing, media coverage, all of the above, and started two new jobs while in Tulsa, so I've been pretty loaded down. Um, I think I had maybe two races that I actually was able to make it to in there, um, so we can discuss those in a bit, too, and yeah, I've also the sound of me right now so this episode is being recorded just after London and I'm recovering from still being sick while I was in London we can talk about that in a bit too whatever but I'm sounding better so hopefully I can make it through this episode guys but glad to be back and hopefully Evan will continue to keep me coming for the off season now that I have some stability going with the schedule and everything
0: yeah now that the season's dying down and you know again as World Toughest Motor kind of wraps up my schedule opens up a lot more, too, because as we started this podcast, the goal was not to take away from training, so I try to squeeze them in when I can, and when in, in the off-season, November, December, a little bit of January, there's a lot less training on my side going on, which basically, lots of lots of the high-volume running goes out the window, and it becomes mostly strength training. So my schedule should free up a little bit more, too, so hopefully we can connect a little bit better.
1: Well, that's what we were laughing because I was like, yeah, I have, I'm back in like a good service zone with Wi Fi, but I'm now working two jobs Monday through Thursday, and then every weekend I've been traveling. And unfortunately, that still continues until like, I think December, the first weekend of December is the last weekend of travel, but I'm traveling every weekend. Again, this might be coming out then, but I've got Concrete Youth events, my last few races, and I'm just, I'm ready to be done because i think it's all catching up to me like it does every year
0: (laughs) yeah no kidding so speaking of traveling and kind of wrapping it up at the beginning of december coming up on december 15th tentatively which we're going to lock down by the time this podcast episode comes out but planning on doing another conquer the gauntlet pro team takeover of conquer fitness in tulsa oklahoma so if you're in driving distance of, of conquer fitness in tulsa head over, or if you're not in driving distance, fly in because it's going to be awesome. So the pe- previous ones we've done, we basically did a workout Saturday morning. We did a ninja competition Saturday afternoon. Sometime mixed in there, depending on when we were free, we do basically like a QA and a with the pro team. So whether you're asking for obstacle-specific techniques, nutrition tips, um, general training plan, how you schedule work-life training balance, stuff like that. Basically, the floor is open for anything you want to ask. And then Saturday night, not officially part of the weekend, but we have a little after party, which is going to always a good time, especially because we're all in the off season. So some of the team members who are normally in serious training mode are interested in letting loose a little bit. <laughs>
1: Oh man, yeah. We won't just—it's one of those. What happens at Conquer Takeover stays at Conquer Takeover. But definitely ask around about the first two we've had, and this one's gonna be even better because now I live here, so we have more, more places to hang out Saturday night.
0: <laughs> I know. So does that mean we're using your place Saturday night instead of yeah, we, David yes. with the baby? We can
1: be like my housewarming official break-in, Brenna's house party. Woohoo.
0: <laughs> there you go. So uh, I believe it's is, is this fifteenth or the sixteenth. Let me let me just double check real quick.
1: Um, it's the fifteenth.
0: Be... Yeah, Saturday the December fifteenth. Yeah. So yeah, definitely head over to that Tulsa. Like it's gonna be awesome. Party at Brenna's house. You know we'll have a uh, like we'll have it. a good time. So, so so That's as at Conquer Fitness, are you providing training to people there too, or picking up some classes um, or anything like that? So-
1: Honestly, I am so sad to say I've been to, like, two classes. I guess I've lived here almost two months now. But I have only been home one weekend and have worked every day since. So I've made it to, like, two classes and been there one time. I unfortunately have been missing out. So I'm just ready to get this off-season going, basically, so that I can catch up on my new home in Tulsa, going to Conquer Fitness because um, – Steve, main Prize just started, I think, last within the last month. It's been, I think, maybe two or three weeks, a new class that he has introduced. Um, it's really, I think, specific strength building, and it's like an early morning class that they didn't have previously. And I think it's on Mondays and Fridays. I'd have to double-check the time, or you can look on um, Facebook. But it's a new class added that I'm really excited to go to with his strength training. So um, definitely check out Conquer Fitness if you're in the area. They've got new things happening, I guess. So I've been missing out. And I know Bryce has been doing a couple classes up there. One of our other teammates that live in the area does coaching and classes. So I hope to in the off-season get to spend more time up there with everybody training and mingling with the CTG family.
0: Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Bryce he's has the most number of Conquer the Gauntlet wins out of any male, which I believe is at seven at this point. So definitely a CTG specialist. So he's not really well known outside of the Conquer the Gauntlet community, but when he shows up to Conquer the Gauntlet, he always puts on a good performance. So um, definitely someone who knows what he's talking about and can help you kind of reach your goals. And definitely someone who'd be cool to talk to just if you're passing through the area. They do do day passes, so you can stop by anytime you're kind of passing through Tulsa if you. You live in the Midwest. All right. So you're also, you said you're also involved. Message
1: me and I'll try to meet you up there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you also, you also said you're involved in Conquer Youth. Now this is the first year of Conquer Youth. So how's that been going and kind of what's planned for 2019?
1: Oh man, for the first year has been a great start, I feel like, for a, a company that's just for kids. I love it. Um, they wear me out. Uh, Nathan, Nathan, Our other teammate Napalm is on the build, so you've got a lot of familiar faces. Um, Be getting a lot of American Enjoyers, we're hoping to start getting to come to some events and help promote and be there just because all the kids know about American Enjoyer these days now. And um, yeah, we're finishing out. This should come out. Yeah, this will be out by the time our final event for 2018 is happening this weekend, November 3rd, in Little Rock, actually. Um, so it'd be exciting to close out the season. They've been going great. And then we are ready to rock and roll for 2019. We just rolled out with our new updated website, um, and promo video that, I mean, when you, I remember when I first got into OCR and watched like Spartan videos on YouTube and the smoke and the fog and it got you all amped up. There's an awesome youth video that is amazing coverage and it just gets you so psyched up for these kids and seeing them out there having a good time on course and uh 2019 we have a bunch of new venues that we are looking to do so um spreading out as far going to Atlanta in the spring and we're gonna have a couple more in Texas this year
0: um there's like a a Tampa yeah there's a Tampa venue too
1: yeah Florida and uh but, we're, yeah, it's I mean, it's great. They've been doing special events, too. So not only are we going to, like, the selected cities that are published events on the website, but we've been booking with schools, um, private events that just want to have, you know, a couple obstacles set up that we can come and do and showcase or set up a full entire course for them. So that's really exciting that we've been filling the calendar with that, too, and everybody's loving it. I mean, parties and kids, and it's just a great experience to get the kids out there and, It's even fun to see like a lot of the parents who are watching comments on social media and sharing it that they're like, oh, Johnny and Susie have a baseball game that day, but we'll come before or after. So, I mean, they're getting their kids out there around other sporting events, too, which is awesome because, you know, we want them to kids get to experience it all. So we make it flexible, have waves all day long or all morning, at least to give them time to go do their other events for the day. So it's fantastic. Loving it.
0: Yeah, it's great, and they really the Conquer Youth program has really exploded uh, coming into 2019. Like you said, with the number of new venues, it's really I can't I don't remember how many it is off the top of my head, but it's it's a significant increase in the number of venues. And for those of you've yeah, been I think around we're the in- doubling them. Yeah, for those of you've been around the industry a while, and you're like, oh, that's never a good sign because that's what BattleFrog did, and they closed. Well, I can tell you from like having a little bit of knowledge on the backside, the overhead for one of these youth events is a lot lower. So the um Anyway, basically, there's no worry. I would not worry. Their events are going to go off. They're going to be great. We're, you know, the Conquer the Gauntlet and the Conquer Youth program is going to be inspiring the next generation of OCR athletes. And kind of this is the way to expose them to it. Now, if you haven't yeah. seen any of the Conquer Youth stuff, Brenna, tell us about some of the obstacles because they are they're like legit. They're not like here's, yeah, a, here's like a tire that I want you to crawl through. It's like this is like a legit obstacle.
1: Yeah, so we kind of – everybody asks, you know, is there mud? Is it a mud run for kids? Um, we're not going out and creating a mud run. I mean, if it rains, it rains, and it's muddy. But we're focused on obstacles for these kids, you know, to be the next American enjoyer, the next Lindsey Webster, Ryan Atkins, OCR star. And they've got – we've got different lanes, basically, to accommodate because it's ages 5 through 17. So, we have stuff for the smaller, littler kids, and then also height difference plus skill difference. Um, there's a rig with force five holds on it. So, I mean, it actually has rings and balls and grips. And then we change it up. There's an easy lane and then a harder lane. And, um, there's monkey bars, of course. Um, something that's really unique, I think, to a kids event is we have basically like the ring hook or a ring toss or, Whatever you want to call it that you've seen, it's now I think featured in Indian Mud Run, and it was at OCR World Championships. But where you have pegs and you traverse them using rings, we have that for kids. And both it, it used to
0: be that well, used to be a tough motor obstacle a couple years ago. It was like a Legionnaire Special, Dead Ringer, it was called. But basically, yeah. Yeah,
1: they, and I've seen it at American Ninja Warrior too. So that's featured, and um, I mean those are your three like big ones. And then we have there's the balance obstacle for the kids. There's a carry, um, wall heights. There's a warped wall and a slip wall. So, I mean, we don't just make them crawl through things and jump over little logs. They actually have some tough obstacles, and it's been amazing to see. Just like, a, I mean, it, you like a real adult OCR, but the kids, how excited they are that it's just for them. They don't have to go tag along with their parents and... I've seen kids struggle through obstacles and sit at one obstacle, you know, one kid sat in line and tried 10 times until he finally got through and hit the bell. And it was just the most excitement. And there's medals and shirts and everything that are specifically for the kids. So they get as much recognition and excitement and who knows what will happen with 2019. Who knows if there will be maybe a competitive or more of a, race wave or something we've tossed around the idea so that might be something coming up to keep an eye out for and yeah lots of good stuff in store for 2019 that's for sure
0: cool so this year's CTG wrapped up a couple weeks ago basically had six events dallas oklahoma city des moines wichita tulsa and little rock all those venues are planned to return in 2019 um let's kind of go through some of the events this year and what your thoughts were so which ones did you end up attending
1: yeah definitely
0: and i think were you at all of
1: you missed one
0: i missed the first two i missed uh dallas and okc and then i was in the, at the last four so gotcha
1: well yeah i think we did an earlier recap and caught a couple of them we can kind of go in reverse there's some of them just because those are the freshest for me <laughs>
0: sure well I, I, here let's let's do a couple more pointed questions right so I'd say in Wichita, the big news, at least from the female side, was the removal of the block. Right, so Pegatron went from a guys' lane and a girls' lane, where the girls' lane had a block there, and then they removed the block, so it was you know guys' lane and girls' lane were the same. Like you need to go across the pegboard. So just kind of, what were your thoughts on that? And um, you know if that happened too early or too late, or if it's a good call, what you know, give me give me some of your thoughts on that.
1: Well, I will say, first, I was super disappointed to miss being at the Wichita event. I was, at the time, still living in Kansas, but I was working in Vermont for NORAM. Um, but I will say, being on the pro team and have been on build, when I was on build with Nathan, we kept hinting, the block will go away, it won't be here forever. Because if I remember correctly, when I was there, this was not, this past season, last, uh, what year, 2017, the beginning, the blocks started to scoot further from the center. And we hinted, it won't always be there. Maybe maybe next race it won't be there. Um, so I am thrilled and think that, as always, CTG is always pushing the boundaries for being, like, the toughest OCR. Um, they know that. They say that. And, I mean, we gave the girls, I think, a full season notice that, they should get across the pegboard, and I say that it was an awesome move. Um, It definitely upped the game. It
0: it was introduced at the end of 2015 at Tulsa, the uh, Pegatron, and then it was around 2016, 2017, and then they removed it halfway through 2018, so it's like two and a half years.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think think it should have happened sooner, so I'm excited, but I do know... I mean, a lot of there was a lot of feedback from the season about it getting too tough towards the end, and they kept every event was different, and one event was really hard, and then the next one they kind of eased up depending on the terrain or what they had to work with or the placement of things. But um, again, we CTG's always been one to push the boundaries, so when the block was removed, I don't think too many people were surprised by that, um, and we never had there wasn't like a time where no girls got through so um it's definitely shown that girls have girls and athletes in ocr in general in the past years have just upped that grip training and there's always new things being added and the pegboard has been added for a few years now and people have been specializing just on that and now that the block's gone i think kudos because i think if you could get to the block previously you should be able to get through but with that being said I did not complete it this year, so <laughs> so it doesn't matter who, like, if you think you're, you know, I have podiumed and won how many CTGs, and by the end of this season, this has not been my year. A lot of things happened, and I only encountered it at one race myself without the block and was not able to get through it, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say the competition at, I think, OCRs across the board, but especially CTG is definitely getting better year by year. You know, in 2016, I remember I could show up to a race, and even if I had to take a couple attempts at an obstacle, as long as I made it through on on everything on like my first or second try, it was almost guaranteed I'd be on the podium. And now, similar performances, right? Like I ran Little Rock, made it through everything. I think first try, and I think I came out in sixth or something, or fifth. I can't even remember. Yeah. But anyway, like...
1: Especially for the guys.
0: <clears throat> but, like, the past two years in Little Rock, I came in third. And even, I think it was last year, uh, it was, like, a morning dew across the rig. So the rig was all wet. So I ended up getting stuck at the rig for... Uh, it took me, like, five tries to get across. And I still came in third, even with, you know, you know, four missed, missed attempts and, you know, shaking my hands out and a little bit of pacing and stuff like that. So competition is definitely getting better, and I think... You know they continue, like you said, they continue to push the limits and make athletes get better. I'll also say that you know CTG, just like every, any other race company that's giving away prize money, you know they're giving away their own personal money or their their own business's personal money, right, to people who can conquer the course. So, you know, to me, they, I think regardless of the company, you can make it almost as hard as you want if you're if you're giving away money, right? Like at that point, you know, no, like no one. I mean, obviously Ninja War is a little bit different because they're giving away a lot of money, right? Like a million dollars. That's like a preposterous amount of money. But, you know, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that show went something like eight seasons without a winner. And then they had two guys finish and then they've had no, no one finish since. So, um, yeah, just something to, no,
1: it's, it's like a pride thing too. I mean, because like you said, it's, a, and especially CTG, we've always prided on family in a small company that like, it's their businesses, money going out to these athletes, so they they want to challenge you. And to that effect, I will say and give some shout-outs that it's been awesome to see, especially this season. We love seeing new faces at Conquer the Gauntlet and especially familiar faces to OCR, but new to Conquer the Gauntlet. And we're finally getting a few more each season. So, like, this year, I mean, off the top of my head, I know I'm there's been some great guys, but um, Ken Corgliano, known as Air Force Ken, has shown up. And dominated and had fun, and, um, Benny Gifford and, um, Victor Quesada, and they've all come and podiumed, I think, or built it and had rave reviews, but they've also been defeated. Like, I think at, uh, Tulsa got a couple of those guys to where they lost their band, which, you know, that didn't hadn't happened since Battlefrog, where they aren't even doing mandatory races because of Spartan and things. So it's been awesome to see guys and the girls alone competition. Like you said, we've seen um, Rachel Corguiano come and dominate with her speed and Alex Walker and Chris uh, Rugoloski, who's now blown up on OCR. And it's been awesome to see them all at these events. And I want CTG to keep getting the faces because it just brings – it's, it's hard and I love, not that I want to see these people like struggle, but I've seen them succeed and then it's awesome to see them at a tough race again like Battle Frog and remember those days and, you know, I think it'd be nice to get a Rose Wetzel and Lindsey Webster and we keep trying and the schedules just conflict, but hopefully we'll get them out one season and they'll attempt the Pegatron without a block or since we can talk more about the last races, I mean, Pegatron evolved past the block, did it not? <laughs> well, what did we do at the end of the season with Pegatron?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, at the Tulsa venue, they built a moat essentially underneath it. So when you fell off of Pegatron, you fell—you didn't fall two feet onto land. You fell, you know, six, eight feet or whatever into a pile of muddy water, basically. So. <laughs> it's
1: like, can you make Pegatron harder? Yes, and they can. And I think, don't, I don't think challenge.
0: That's all, I think that's all mental, though. I mean, like, what's the difference if I'm over, you know, Ten feet of water, or I'm, you know, the ground six inches below my toes. To me, that, that's just complete mental. You know, I mean, obviously, I guess there's a little bit of component if you're in one of the, you know, later group of athletes to get to it, and if every peg at that point has dunked in the water, then it makes it a little bit harder, yeah. I'll say. But um, yeah, I think again, again, I think that's mostly mental. And the other thing I like is you've seen, like you said, you sometimes you know the obstacles. Get difficult to the point where you'll see people on the podium or in the you know in the top five or top ten that wouldn't normally be in that because of running speed. So I think it pre- pre- creates a unique aspect of the sport again, where the fastest guy is not always winning. It's whoever can balance the speed and the strength, uh, strength and speed. Oh, That's a good, one. good one. zing! I, I feel like we should have some sort of like buzzer or something that goes off. Or like that some sort I'm of bell, fan, guys.
1: This is not yeah. scripted. Yeah,
0: wait. <laughs> We've actually have like no script for this episode. We're winging a lot of it. Um, but yeah, I think that it creates a nice balance. Where again, that and that's one of the reasons I love OCR, right? Because it's the same. If if you line up on the start line of a 5K and ask people their PRs, you can pretty much line people up in the order they'll finish. Versus an OCR, it's like on any given day, it's any man's or a woman's race.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you don't even talk time necessarily for OCR. I mean, you do, but not like, oh, what was your time on the last CTG course? And I mean, we might say it, but like, it's going to be 10 to five minutes difference. You never know because you never know what's going to happen. Also, like, so we've discussed, I mean, Pegatron's change and evolve was the block being removed and or a pit being added. So who knows next year? Oh, and they also, if you remember, I don't know, this is kind of like specific to the structure, but um, the inside used to be kind of open back, and there was an issue of people used to wrap their legs around the back, and it was mainly a safety hazard, because if you hooked your leg around the back, and then if you like fell, you're going to be dangling by your leg kind of, and it was also a way to somewhat cheat, and by like hooking your leg around the back, you know, you could pinch your thighs and dangle out further, well, uh, mid-season, and it was just helped with the structure build, they blocked that off with, um, I guess it was like plywood was stuck there now, so that you kind of couldn't reach around the back. So that made it, and some people didn't even notice because they didn't use it, but then for those that, A, unintentionally or, you know, just like instinct would wrap their legs, it kind of made it harder again right there just because they blocked it off. So I enjoyed that because it, allowed for rules to be broken and extra monitoring, so it just kind of made it better. But, other than
0: that. I I agree. I mean, anything that makes it easier to stay within the rules is going to be better, right? Yeah. And And I'll also say the – I think it was the – I can't remember if it was Dallas or OKC because I wasn't at either of them. But one of the first – I think it was in Dallas. They introduced the floating boards, right? It was like three or four rig holds onto a floating board – Onto land, and that 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 severely affected the field, right? A lot of the guys were having trouble getting through the floating board, and it's funny you put something like that at the beginning of the season, and all these people were having problems of it. And you fast forward a couple months, and ev- not only not only are pe- people are not having problems getting to the board, but you know they, they've made it harder. And then some people are still getting through where, where they put the floating yeah. board in the middle. So you had to actually, you know, get onto the floating board and then get onto a different hold. Um, so. Definitely something that, you know, you, you introduce something at the beginning of the season and people are like, oh, this is too hard. And then by the end of the season, you know, most of the field is getting, at least getting to that part of the obstacle. You know, they, they've, again, they've made it a little bit harder. So not everyone was really well, it good. It's the way just across. like
1: such a, a sense of accomplishment and so amazing as an athlete. Because, again, like you said, I remember people kind of like, not bitching or whining, but just, like, defeated in the beginning. Like, oh, man. But they all came back. Most of those people that were at the beginning of the season that got their butts handed to them at OKC or Dallas rig um, came back. The remainder of the season, not only did they come back, I saw how many people – again, CTG is the one that, like, I see people go and build, add to their home rig the next day after a race. So how many floating boards were added to people's home rigs in the season this year? And then – I mean, they've been in American Ninja Warrior and at gyms, but it hadn't been in a race yet um, that I knew of. And maybe I'm wrong, but like CTG I've never introduced seen one it. In a race. Yeah, yeah, and people failed miserably and went home, built it, and then, like you said, they got it on the next race, or some of them didn't. But I think it was CTG Tulsa was the hardest rig I've accomplished, and I think it was the same for guys. But they had like. On the guy side, it was a floating board and, like, this crazy PVC pipe. And they put that on the girls, not the board, but the PVC pipe. But, it's like, how many people finally got through it? And it was just like, y'all remember at the beginning of the season how much whining you did about it? And now you just did something twice as hard and how accomplished they felt. It was just – it's awesome to see it and witness it. And then, I mean, again, there was the flip side. There were a lot of people <laughs> that were defeated. But um, some of them, I mean – Some will say it was too hard and it took away from the fun, but I think there's very limited that felt that way, and it wasn't anything intentional by the owners of CTG. You know, sometimes the way an obstacle falls in line with the others, it just becomes harder and takes out the entire field. But everybody's coming back still and getting stronger, and it just gives them the whole off-season to, like, work on something and look forward to a new challenge next year. I mean, I don't know what... I, I don't know how they can make things harder, but they always find a way. So <laughs> it's, it's scary.
0: <laughs> you know, my two two of my favorite – I think they're my two favorite CTG races ever were this year. Um, so one, CTG Des Moines or Iowa. I finally came in first at a normal CTG. I've, I've won CTG XDC before, but, right, but I never won a regular CTG, and I had like eight-something podium finishes. So, right, huge sense of accomplishment there. But then at the next race, which was Wichita, I came in, I think, ninth, and I had, I'd say, almost as good of a sense of accomplishment, but not because I won, but because I made it across a rig that I was having a lot of trouble with. Right, I got stuck at the, it was floating board to a rope, and it just took me, I don't know, like whatever, nine tries to get through it. And there's a video of me getting through it online, and I'm just like, I scream so loud when I get across. I'm just so happy, you know?
1: I remember the video, and I remember the carnage, because I was in Vermont, and I was just like, where, what is going on with my team? And some of y'all, poor guys lost bands that, like, had never lost a band at CTG, and it it was so, it was heartbreaking, but I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to be so pumped about it. (laughs) You know, like, I was heartbroken, but knew that none of y'all were going to be pissed. Everybody was just going to be like, oh man, this is not happening again. And yeah. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, but, and, but it, made me tr- it made me, like again, I had trouble getting to the board and then getting off the board, and it made me go train harder, where when they put it in um, Tulsa, again, it was floating board to that PVC pipe, that was during my Endure the Gauntlet thing, my 48 mm-hmm. hours. But, you know, when I made it to the board every time, like, without even an issue, versus when I got to the board for the first time, you know, Wichita, like, I fell off right away. So even just like a month apart or whatever it was, I had made significant improvements in my skill, which makes me a better athlete um, overall. And I'll also say when it comes to like obstacle – I've said this before in the podcast. When it comes to obstacle difficulty, people always – people always – actual answer is I want to be able to get across, but anyone who's worse than me can't get across. Like that's the ideal level of obstacle difficulty. Um, but you know, with, with these races, I'd say – of the field, right, most of the open waves are still failing things like the rope climb, right? So whether, you know, when when you're talking about obstacle difficulty, I think there's a real small percentage of the paying participants that you're talking about as far as, like, who's going to enjoy it, who's not going to enjoy it, and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of people who say they want to be challenged, but then when they actually are challenged, they don't like that feeling. Like it's Because at some point you're going to fail, right? At some point it's not going to go well. And um, that's a temporarily uncomfortable feeling as long as you go back at it and train and improve for the next event. So just yeah. my two cents on the topic.
1: No, I agree. I did want to throw in kind of a little plug at the moment because I forgot that what we, were as we we're talking about the rig, they incorporated, and I think through the whole season, had atomic holds specifically on both guys' and girls' lanes. Um, they had the atomic bungee and the different, like, crossbars or balls um and so definitely if you're trying to up your rig game and know that you're coming to cpg i get some atomic holds and check out our website for links to them but we also when we set up our protein tent um have like a atomic pegboard configuration that you can get for your home and have atomic holds to work on like ball grip and pegs at the same time so it's pretty cool
0: Yeah, obviously, a huge fan of Atomic and love them for not only for rig training, but I also use them for strength training, right? So, like, I even do things like I've taken a piece of fabric and looped it around a dumbbell and then used that with like an Atomic Hold for like bent over rows and stuff like that. So, I think there's a lot more uses of them than people initially think. And then, also, another, if anyone else wants to work on more grip strength, another one of our sponsors, Harbinger, makes fat bar uh, attachments. So, it's like a rubber sleeve that goes over a dumbbell or a barbell. And allows you to work on grip strength while you're working on other – training other muscle groups, whether that be back, chest, or triceps, or biceps, whatever, whatever you're working on that day.
1: Not to get too sidetracked, but I get so excited when I see things like from our sponsors out in a quote-unquote real world because like I'm always at OCR stuff. But Harbinger is everywhere. I mean they are a fitness company that oh, they- has everything. Like I went to the store at Dick's to pick up a home pull-up bar – because I just moved and I bought a Harbinger pull-up bar, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I get to support my sponsor just like they support me at a non-OCR thing." So keep an eye out, Harbinger's everywhere. All gyms, training facilities use their belts, pulleys, attachments, gloves—you name it. So
0: yeah, they're huge. <laughs> they're huge in the strength training world, and I know Randy teaches that uh, was it Buns and Guns class at her gym. Yeah. Where she uses the dip belt, which I use mostly for pull ups and weighted dips, she uses it as a way to drag tires. So her and her like female mom athletes that she trains like hook it up to a tire and like run up and through down to the parking lot, dragging. Love so it. a lot of uses there. All right, let, just- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's start talking about 2019. So 2019, uh, the CTG schedule. I don't know if it's complete yet, but it has. At least the ones that they had events in 2018 have been released, and they do have dates on the calendar which you can sign up for. I will say sign up early because, again, they don't really get cheaper than they are right now. You know There will be discounts later in the year, but typically the, the price is also gone up. So um, you're not really going to get it cheaper than it right now if, if you sign up. And I'd it's the a other... great
1: price. It's ridiculous. Like People still don't realize. I mean, by the time you it's sign for... up for all these other OCRs, you're over $100-plus with parking, and I think CTG... You know, you can get your your ticket and your parking and everything. Still, right now, well under a hundred dollars for oh, yeah. ma- Main Waves. So get on it, people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so one what of the are other you big... big
1: excited about.
0: <laughs> actually, I'm not. I know everyone thinks like I'm like super excited about this, but I'm actually not as excited as people think. Um, one of the reasons <laughs> I like Conquer the Gauntlet is because I do all these endurance races, and then on Conquer the Gauntlet days, I can just show up and you know just kind of. Go all out, single <laughs> lap, max effort, right? Kind of see where my speed's at, uh, and then enjoy the day with my family or with the CTG family, or hanging out at the protein booth, helping people on course, stuff like that. But in twenty nineteen, well, CTG announced they're gonna be doing something called Conquer the Gauntlet Continuum, and Conquer the Gauntlet Continuum is would be like the equivalent of the BFX for CTG. So it's a five plus hour race. So you have to you start with the elite wave. And you have to finish – you have to start your last lap before the five-hour mark. And then – so I don't think there's a time limit on the last lap as long as you're essentially up and moving and they aren't pulling flags. Uh, but, yes, yeah, multi-lap option. You do as many laps as you can in that time period. Um, one of the cool things that they've done is – right, like, CDG's obstacles are hard like we just spent the entire podcast talking about. Yeah. So, what they did was they made a couple of the obstacles non mandatory. So, you know, like the balance obstacles are mandatory, the walls are mandatory, uh, which I think is really going to surprise people when you're, you know, three or four laps in and you have to do five, eight foot walls again. That's, uh, it's, no jo- <laughs> it's no joke. It's not, no joke the first time, it's no joke the several, second or third time you go through. But things like Pegatron and the Rig and Stairway to Heaven and Cliffhanger, basically all the ones where you're hanging from your hands are going to be non-mandatory and you can either do the obstacle or you can do the penalty, which is, I think it's 15 Atlas uh, burpees and then 15 medicine ball slams or something like that. 15 med ball thrusters and 15 Atlas burpees, which I'm not a hundred percent sure what that means, but um, it's yeah, probably not. I can't not. remember
1: exactly. And I'm trying to, I've got a connection that's like being funky. Anyways, um, but the exciting part, so I completely understand what you're saying because now it's like do you race all day and miss out on the whole CTG experience that's like a big draw for you, non-endurance weekend event, or do you just, you know, hang out, just do the first lap and then hang out? Um, But the exciting part about this event is you can kind of double dip. So because you start with the elite wave for those running competitively in the elite wave and think they can go all out and then continue that later on, you basically can podium or belt in the elite wave and continue to do the continuum all day and possibly go there is a prize for a continuum um, top finisher and you could get both which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, definitely um, I think some of the females might be able to pull that off. I'm not so sure some of the males because you really have to you really have to go all out as a male to win the race like when I finish a, a CTG, I'm like, I'm like done. I'm like, uh, I don't want to run another lap. My heart is killing me. My lungs are killing me. My legs hurt. So yeah, It'll be interesting
1: to see how many do that on the, on the competitive side. But I think there's just a lot more people that are excited to just run multi laps. Like I know a lot of the CTG family that just wants to be able to push their limits at a CTG course because it's tougher and they want to see how hard they can go, how long they can go on a tough course. And so this gives them that option.
0: Absolutely. And I don't know if you were checking Facebook right before we started this podcast, but they literally just showed the 2019 medals. Have you seen them?
1: I did. I did just see all three medals are really cool because we haven't, they basically do like a, last year they did an all-in medal that you got for going to all six events, I believe. And then for 2019, it was just announced basically um, four races, Gets you a really cool collector's medal. And they, like you said, just released that a couple hours ago from when we we're recording. And so it's the finisher medal for your regular CTG finisher. And they released the four race collector medal and the continuum multi lap medal. So that's all the bling. People like the bling.
0: Yeah, they did a great job with the all in medal this year. If anyone saw it, it was like, you know, dessert plate sized medal. <laughs> With a bunch of gauntlets on it and a lion head and stuff like that. And then this year, the four four race venue medal she's talking about is called the Centurion. So it's four races, which will be 100 obstacles, hence the name Centurion. And it's pretty badass looking, you know. It's got a lion with some gladius swords behind him and a helmet on and stuff like that. And it it looks larger than the other ones significantly. And the continuum medal looks cool too. It's a bunch of, like, gauntlets grabbing each other in a circle and a lion peering through the middle. So... Yeah, they did a real good job with the medals this year, so I'm super excited to see what these actually look like in person uh, once they're actually produced. So. Yeah. So that kind of wraps it up, real. some of the high, highlights for uh, CTG. Uh, before we go, we like got probably another 10 minutes or so. Uh, give us a quick... Th- couple of quick thoughts on your experience at OCRWC I know we're not going to go into too much depth because but again by the time this gets released we'll have done a different episode uh, talking about OCRWC so just give us the Brenna version of what it was like uh, uh,
1: yeah it was awesome always this is my fifth year to be at the Adventure Championship events I've been to every one of them um, I've been on build all sides racing and this year I went mainly to race um, did media one day for mud gear um mud gear sponsored me to go and provide some coverage for the weekend in return for racing and representing them um overall feel was awesome it was so different though like it, night and day compared to ohio and canada um festival was different but not different bad just completely different there wasn't like a building village, you know, everything they made was from a tent that was brought in and, um, food trucks and vendors. So it wasn't like restaurants and bars like Canada was, um, lots of spread out, but there was way more spectators because being, I think Europe and OCR originating there, a lot more people live like in the rural area outside of London than where like OCR here is go to kind of the middle of nowhere and there's no one around that wants to come watch. So it was the opposite there. I felt like there were spectators and people everywhere. It was kind of crazy, to be honest, like running around with media and trying to navigate the course and the people. So it was a fun, very excited feel. Um, I unfortunately have been, like I said, sick. So I traveling, something happened, and I didn't eat like all week. So I wound up pulling out of the 15K. Couldn't race because I hadn't eaten. I slept under a table all day pretty much. Um, (laughs) Did my best to go check things out. And get on course a little bit with Tracy cuz he was there on build um but same awesome field for like the team day was again awesome i don't it was just i don't want to go into too much detail like you said cuz we'll have a full episode but very different from any other event but another unique amazing event put on by Adventure adrian the staff, everybody being there, along with the nuclear race crew, James, it was great to kind of pair with another permanent race course. So it had a different feel because it was a permanent event, kind of flashback to Ohio. So it kind of mixes all the worlds that we had before for the fifth year. It's kind of cool to see how it all came together.
0: Yeah, well, you still managed, even though being sick, you still managed to do a good job covering uh, some social media from Mudgear. I remember you seeing, seeing your... Uh, Instagram live stories, whatever, Instagram stories covering various parts of the event and hanging out with some of the dry robe guys and stuff like that. And the yeah, it was people. awesome. So, I
1: saw, yeah, two of our sponsors themselves, like different families of them being in the UK. So I got to go meet some of the um, European representatives of Rec Bag and Dry Robe, finally meeting like the official Dry Robe people that we've been sponsored by, which was awesome. Um, and then, and there's, like there, you said, the coverage... I mean, I've started – everybody's kind of known that, you know, I do a lot of live coverage and with CTG, and I love it, and getting to actually, like, run around with a media pass. I was geeking out, and I felt so cool and special (laughs) that I could, like – now that I wasn't on staff – I mean, I did work and have staff duties, too, but I was, like, flashing my media badge and got to do fun stuff. And then my highlight of the weekend – being, aside from being sick, I have always wanted to, and like I love at CTG to give out the awards because they're friends of mine, but I had the honor of giving out the medals to the 3K winners and the team champions for the weekend, and it was awesome to put medals on some close friends and give them hugs up there with such an accomplishment to them, so I loved that part, and I was so excited because I had so many people come up to me and say thank you for the coverage, and you know they've been watching it and how awesome it was and it just warmed my heart because I love to be able to bring that to everybody. You know, it takes away from me racing. I didn't get to compete, but I got to do something else. Cool. And it's my way of getting back to the community. And because this year, actually this event was the first time the amazing talented, my idol, Margaret Schlachter was not covering the media side and no longer with adventure. So, um, I was told like the, coverage from ACRWC was different this year because they had people that didn't really know all of like the Americans that were over there racing. And so it was kind of cool that I got to be one of the front media people that actually knew everybody by name and brought some really good different coverage than what they're used to. So I was excited and honored to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a great experience. I wanted to go, but it, it just with, the, with all the travel, I'd been I think I would already spent like a year, not a year, I spent like a month and a half in Europe cumulatively this year between Germany, UK, and Ireland. I already did a UK race this year, toughest UK, and then it was like, it fell right on the peak, what would be my peak week for World's Toughest Motor, right? So like I wanted to get in some good training mileage, especially, I feel like some of my training has been a little bit off this year, so I wanted to just like buckle down and just really log some miles, and I did, I ended up covering... 111 miles uh, the week of OCRWC, so it was oh, a busy wow. bu- busy week for me. That's a new PR for weekly mileage. I try to like PR my weekly mileage once every year, kind of in the spirit what? of making <laughs> things harder and making myself a better athlete. So I've been well, sometimes is that like congrats? Yeah, like I think that one might only be a PR by like a mile or maybe two miles, but right, like you just need a little bit more. <laughs> so yeah. and I felt course, I like felt really good.
1: All the traveling, I mean, that's something different than being from the U.S. to experience. Like, every past four years, Europeans have come over and interrupted their lives for traveling this way. And jet lag, oh, my gosh, I know you travel way more. And I travel the entire, like, year, but the distance, like, this is just, again, I'm still recovering. And I've heard from others that, you know, have felt no motivation to train the past week, you know, getting over the travel and you would have been, it would have ruined, like you said, leading up to World's Toughest Mudder. So kudos to everybody that's done it for years coming over to us. And I'm proud of everybody that has traveled and is recouped and back to work and functioning now. But um, it's rough and, again, a whole different aspect when you try to factor in racing and traveling across the world for it. So it's made it very different this year for everybody, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm always very impressed with the international athletes that fly over to the U.S. for racing. You know, that's – we don't think about it, again, because we don't do it as often. But, you know, between not only the jet lag but also, like, the things you usually buy and eat are no longer there, right? So, like, if you usually go to Chipotle or Panera Bread or wherever you eat normally before a race, whatever your pre-race ritual meal is, like, that's no longer there. So now you have to go find someplace else. You don't – you know, you're like, all right. Well, I'll just go to the store and grab a bottle of this and a snack of this, and you go to the store and like those things don't exist because you're in a different country. Yeah. So it was, and that's
1: what got me. And again, I don't need to go into too much detail, but like between the time difference travel and then just like the different style of food, I don't know. My my body rejected, and I didn't eat. Like I left the U.S. Wednesday afternoon. My last meal was Wednesday afternoon, and then I didn't eat something until maybe Saturday night is when my body finally allowed me to eat. But that's why I didn't race because I had maybe max a thousand calories of liquid something, and it was just it wasn't that like I was sick from the food. I didn't hadn't didn't eat anything bad, but again my body just was not accepting the travel. So unfortunately, it got me, and it was like wow I flew all the way to London to just. I've been putting in training. I've been, try- I, you know, it's healthy and felt good and felt strong. And oops, it just didn't work out when I got there. So it happens. But like you said, we don't think about it because we don't do it. So now I know. And it gives props to everybody that's come over here the past four years plus for however long. So I think everybody should try to find. I said next year I want to run a race in Europe again. Like if OCRWC goes back. Aside from that, I want to go do like toughest or something specific to a europe
0: race toughest the the obstacle one not toughest mutter. correct
1: i'm sorry you Tough- put, I misle-
0: yeah toughest you're talking about toughest the ones with like the fast lane and the the one yeah. Jay flores did earlier this year not yeah. toughest mutter. yeah
1: yeah definitely sorry yes like the actual yeah. toughest series because just to try something different in europe
0: yeah and then on top of on top of all the traveling right you know, in the UK you're driving on the wrong side of the road, so there's also like some like anxiety and stress. Like I remember being stressed slightly because I had to drive on the wrong side of the road to get to uh, Toughest Motor, UK. And like my wife wasn't driving, I have my daughter in the car and I'm like driving on the wrong side of the road and then you know, running a midnight race and all all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I
1: actually um we had a my trip in London started with a flat tire on the way from the airport to the venue because unfortunately we kept hitting some curbs. I was not driving but Yeah, didn't, didn't make it all the way without a flat tire. So
0: <laughs> I will say one of the things, uh, another shout-out to our friend Amin over in Lebanon. Would That was super nice when Brenna and I went to Lebanon. They took care of, like, everything for us. <laughs> so you want to talk about going into a place stress-free um, despite traveling a long distance? I mean, that was it. Like, they really, they really took care of us and essentially chauffeured us to the race and chauffeured us to the, you know, our meals and stuff like that. So that yeah. was, that I don't was know, pretty if we awesome. We would have made
1: it. It would have been uh, interesting without that for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. The Lebanese drivers are, um, there's something else. <laughs> like, I, I've got stories of seeing people driving on their moped into oncoming traffic at night with no headlights on. And I was like, how has this guy not been weeded out by like natural selection? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just like baffled. It's um, amazing. You know, people. The the lane lines in Lebanon are normally a suggestion, right? Like it's there'll be no one on the road, and you'll be driving, and the guy in front of you is just like playing Pac Man, right? He's like in the middle of the line, eating eating all the little the little beads there, and just like lazily drifting left and right. And it's like, what is going on? So different culture, yeah. different uh, different experience there. One of the cool races I got to do um, because I instead of taking a taper week leading into OCRWC was I went to a race in Minnesota called the Hammer Race. And they they do a fall, and they do a spring race every year. I tried to do the spring race this year, which was in the middle of April, and it was like the worst snowstorm I've ever seen in April in Minnesota. So that was awesome. Um, So they ended up canceling the competitive wave in April, and they transferred my registration to the fall one without any issue, which was super nice of them, great customer service. So I went back back up. But I remember that. Yeah. So I went back up for the fall race. Um, it was October 13th, I believe. Yep. Uh, for the hammer race. And the whole race is you have to carry an eight pound sledgehammer and it's like a legit OCR, right? Like, I mean, there's tire flips, there's a bucket carry, there's a traverse wall, there's, um, there's like a destroyer for the, uh, for those of you who know what that obstacle is, it's basically like a, large kind of inverted wall with a vertical section uh for that one you actually throw the hammer underneath so you don't actually have to carry it with you but oh, so for the he, traverse wall yeah
1: i was going to say traverse you, wall with the hammer
0: yeah so the traverse wall is uh it wasn't like a vertical traverse wall it was angled slightly so you could actually kind of uh lean into it um so that one actually had places along the wall where you could actually like rest your hammer and like put it down <laughs> and then like traverse a little bit and reach back grab your hammer and like move it to the next one and then traverse a little bit and reach back and grab your hammer um, I ended up not using the hammer rests until like, it was pretty long, um, maybe like a 25-foot wall, maybe 30 feet. I only started using it in the second half just because the first half, I thought the holds were big enough and wide enough and the footholds were nice enough where I just basically walked sideways across the wall. Um, one of the other cool things they had was, they, so for competitive, it was mandatory obstacle completion. But the, if you fell off the obstacle, like if you fell off the traverse wall, you had to do bangers, which is essentially hammer time from Conquer the Gauntlet, right? There's a block of wood. You hit it to one end, um, you hit it back.
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, like, the penalty is hammer time um, for any time you fail something. But the cool part was, you know, at, for the traverse wall, he was like, all right, if you fail, you have to do bangers. And then after you're done with the bangers, you have to do the traverse wall again. So, like, there was, there was penalties but it was still mandatory completion. So like you still had to do all the obstacles. So theoretically you could get stuck in a cycle where you're just falling off the wall, doing bangers, oh um, getting back on the wall, falling off. That's like my worst nightmare. Wall-
1: I that obstacle was like, oh, uh, it's stupid. I can't do it.
0: <laughs> so it's, uh, it was pretty unique and like the obstacles weren't difficult where I didn't see anyone, you know, do more than one set of penalties uh, at any point. But it was, it was very strength oriented. And you are carrying an eight pound hammer over a 10K course with some pretty rough terrain. Like, the terrain reminded me uh, not quite as bad as, like, uh, King's Domain, the BFX Cincinnati course, the site of the OCR World Championships 2014 and 15. But it was, like, some pretty steep sections and uh, some pretty technical running. And carrying an eight pound sledgehammer, like, it's not bad for, like, a mile. But after a while, you're like, man, am I. My forearms are getting tired, and then, like, I would switch it to my shoulder, and then the next day, like, my traps were sore because of, like, the eight pounds that was bouncing on my shoulders for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. So, That's
1: so crazy. So do they do this, is this a reoccurring event, like, yearly, permanent course type of
0: thing? Uh, so not a permanent course, but it is a reoccurring event, and they've been around forever. They've been around since, like, 2013 or, or 12, maybe? They've been around for a long time. Um... The numbers. There wasn't that many people at the event, but I like. I don't know why, because it was. It was. If I lived closer, I would be there every every race. It was just a lot of fun running with the hammer, and then on top of that, the prizes were pretty cool. So they only awarded first place prize, but they gave you like this legit hammer. So one of the girls who had won previously had like a. It was like a full sized, like fancy sledgehammer. I would describe it as uh, this year the prizes were, it, was, it looks like Thor's hammer, so I ended up winning, so I have, like, I have a black, essentially, spray-painted Thor's hammer, um, which is pretty badass. That's awesome. It's, like, one of the cool, it's definitely one of the coolest prizes, like, I've gotten. I was like, this is freaking awesome, like, I yeah, love this thing. Yeah, and that's thing. one
1: of our things, was those just weird collections. So, is there, like, a, a story or a reason behind the hammer, or anything, or, like, a firefighter that, like, carried a Acts with them or something? Like, is there some, or they're just like, hey, we just, this is, we want to do
0: this. It's cool. I think they just decided to do it because it's cool. That's a good. It's a good question. I didn't end up asking it, um, but it was, uh, you know, a lot of strength obstacles. So tire flips, bucket carry. Uh, one of the very unique obstacles was called the black door. So essentially, I, I didn't think I was gonna like it when I came in because I'll describe it to you. So you enter, you enter a basically a roped-off area, you know, there's uh, engineer tape wrapped around, you know, yellow caution tape, whatever you want to call it, and it says, you know, this is a black door, and every obstacle has directions on it, so when you enter the black door obstacle, it's just an open space of woods, and the, uh, the tape kind of zigzags to the left and right, and you can pretty much see both sides of the tape at all times, but it kind of weaves in and out, and it's essentially an open area, and you have to find the black door, and that's the exit. So There's like a black door in the middle of the woods, um, so theoretically you could end up running an extra quarter mile looking for this thing because you you ran right by it when you weren't paying attention. So you kind of like okay. actually have to start paying attention. So that was like that was my big worry running going into the event because I was like, well, you know, what if I get there first and then I get lost and I'm there for like 20 minutes and I end up in like <laughs> 30th place. <laughs> so uh, I found it. You know, I basically slowed my pace a little bit and found it pretty quickly. Basically, keep your head on a swivel and, you know, pay attention. Pick a side but of the, uh, the course really and just crazy. kind of stay near it.
1: That's unique. Yeah. I just have to – I mean, I don't want to like, go into too much detail about the whole thing, but like a tire flip with the – so was it essentially like a one-arm tire flip or did you have to find a way to like put the hammer between your legs and flip the tire?
0: So uh, – they do. Um, they have a Facebook group and they post all the rules ahead of time, which was really nice because I got to read them all. Uh, but every rule tells you what to do. So for the tire flip, uh, you could put the hammer down and then flip the tire. Got it. Um, for the the bucket carry, you put the hammer down, you flip to flip to carry the bucket. The timber flip, some kind of like a big uh, railroad tie, you flip over. Um, you could put the hammer down. For the timber carry, it didn't say put the hammer down, so I carried my hammer with the essentially the log of wood up the hill. Um, And then some of the other ones, it's like, you know, one of them was essentially hammer time plus an atlas stone. So you carry the atlas stone down, drop the atlas stone, you know, do the banger or the hammer time, so hit the block down and back, you pick up the uh, hammer, you pick up the, I'm sorry, the hammer, you pick up the atlas stone, carry it back to the start point, drop it, and then go back for your hammer and... Continue the race, so stuff like that, um, and yeah. then they had like n- normal hammer time, they had tunnels, uh let's see what else they have uh they had a kind of like terrain races had, where it's hammer time, but it's a tire instead of a wooden block, so the tire when you hit it it doesn't move very far, oh, yeah. so you have to hit that one a lot harder and a lot more times, I think uh, like that was pop, only a- puck or
1: something like that for a terrain race.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they did a couple of different tire drags, which are interesting. So one of them was like a hobo carry. So you put the hammer through a hole that's pre-cut in the tire, and you carry it like a hobo <laughs> stick. You know what I'm saying? Is that like know. clear imagery? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's funny. I don't know. That's, this sounds. I this sounds like something I need to go do because I love strength-based.
0: And then the other one – there's another one that was a tire drag, but it was like two or three tires connected. And, again, there's a hole in one of the tires, so you put the hammer through, and you just kind of drag it. Uh, You drag the set of three tires with your hammer, essentially, as the handle. Um, I thought – when I got to that one, I thought that was the hobo carry, and I, like, tried carrying it on my shoulders for half the way, which was – so, like, I'm lifting, like, three tires plus a hammer up in the air. I was like, not what I'm supposed to be doing, but – All right, and so remind
1: remind us that's called what?
0: And it's like, what? So it's called the Hammer Race. It's about an hour southeast of uh, Minneapolis. Gotcha. So we actually stayed by the uh, Mall of America um, and then we actually drove to the race. They always had a weird start time. They had a start time of noon, which was nice to sleep in, but it also kind of like eats up a large portion of the day. So kind of, you know, has some advantages, some disadvantages, but definitely. A cool race to check out. Uh, no prize money, but I mean, I think most of us do this because we enjoy it, not necessarily for the prize money, but exactly. you know, if, if, you're cap- if you're capable of winning, you get a prize that's way better than money, which is yeah. a hammer.
1: And that's <laughs> what I mean. Some of the races that we all go to between that or Green Break Challenge or Mud Ninja and um, Indian Mud Run, those are all awesome races to go to that don't have prize money, but they have really cool – awards or plaques or axes or tomahawks or ninja stars i mean who doesn't want all that stuff
0: <laughs> yeah and like we, we've we talked about this before on the podcast but for those of you who are like very serious about this and in it for the money or the you know the whatever the sponsors or whatever there's value in doing well at these races even if there's no actual immediate payout right like my my sponsors tend to be nicer to me when i do well at races repeatedly right and advertise for them so Exactly. There's a there's an un, unseen benefit that I think uh, some people forget about sometimes.
1: Very so, true. Good for reminding them. But yeah. I think we've um, rambled our unscripted awesomely for like an hour now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty off the cuff and pretty good. I, I think so, at least. I, I'm obviously um, not partial because I'm the one involved in the podcast, but I think it was good. I'm happy.
1: I'll give us a pat on the back too. <laughs> <laughs> But I hope to be uh, back more. And we're going to do any, any shout outs for you post World's Toughest or anything for this coming out?
0: Sure. I mean, uh, well, you can give whatever shout outs you want. But um, yeah, why don't you go? You have any things you yeah, want people I'm to gonna check gonna out? Yeah, I just,
1: because I haven't been on in a while. And like I said, the biggest reason and accomplishment for me going to World Championships in the past couple weeks was um, my shout out goes to Mudgear this time around. And I know. They're familiar with the OCR community, but they, the entire month of October, um, gave money towards breast cancer awareness month with their pink socks that were out. So, you know, anybody that ordered offline for that money was being given back. Um, and they sent me and helped me get to London and I was proud to represent as always. And they have more things now than like the best socks that I love and always wear, They have I didn't like a a tack hat, so they have a hat for your patches that you can wear. It's great for running. It's kind of like moisture wicking, a good material, wipes clean. Um, They now have amazing jerseys that are like open air cooling on the back, and they have a band around the bottom that helps stay like down and attach your jersey so it doesn't roll up. Um, Sleeves. Coozies, car covers, seat cover things, so check out Mudgear and they've always been great to me and the CTG Pro Team, so thank you.
0: How about you? Cool. I'll just give a quick shout out for again, head over to the our website ctgproteam.com uh, constantly updating with new stuff. We also have our new book out on there, Conquering the Gauntlet, so obviously the only book available that's specif- specifically for completing Conquer the Gauntlet obstacles, so Got a lot of input from the team on it. I'm the one who wrote 99.9% of it, but got some great input. Amy Padgett also threw her input in there and helped proofread for me, and it has updated information, so it actually published, I think it was like the week after CTG Wichita, so there were pictures from Wichita actually in the book from 2018, right? So it's got the most up-to-date information. You know, I knew about Continuum at that point that was coming out, so it's got... Some quick references Continuum, although it doesn't have the actual rules. So pick up Conquering the Gauntlet. If you're going to be racing or running CTG Continuum, pick up Mud Run Guide's Ultra OCR Bible. And if you just want to train for all OCRs or all the time, go pick up Strength and Speed's Guide to Elite Obstacle Course Racing. All are available from both TeamStrengthSpeed.com or CTGProTeam.com. Uh, Brenna. Good to have you back on the show. Let's do this again sometime.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Evan. Thanks for listening, y'all. All right.
0: Catch you later.